Frustrated with toxic people, they can't see how much they hurt me. I just want this chaos to cease. Here's your host, Dr. Shayla, my source for how to live a life of peace. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity. Welcome to the Toxic People Detox, a practical guide for finding peace in the midst of toxic people. It's not about changing them. It's about changing how you respond to them and doing so in a productive, healthy way. Today's episode is picking your battles, when to fight and when to flee. Now, the desire to win is human nature because there's something about winning that gives us satisfaction. But is winning always a good thing? I've seen this quote from Winston Churchill. It says, never give in, never give in, never, 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 never. And nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense, never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And I've seen this in personal development circles. Here's the problem. Now, I used to buy into this quote too. However, remember, Winston Churchill said that during the Second World War. He was talking about an opposing force that was determined to wipe them off the face of the earth. But when it comes to interpersonal relationships, that's not such a good approach. There's a time to fight and there's a time to flee. Now, in this case, I don't mean physically run away or literally run away. I mean, just kind of like take it down a notch or maybe back down from the situation. So the ability to pick your battles is a sign of emotional maturity. Even though we all mess up, you know, I, I think we've all picked battles where in retrospect, we realize, you know what, that really wasn't worth it. So I want to talk about four tips for determining how to pick your battles. There are several ways to go about it. This is just something that's worked for me. And this is a personal thing. I'm not suggesting that this episode will magically determine whether you should fight a battle or whether you should back down from it. But these are things to consider. Okay. Number one, set the ground rules. This is one of those things that's easy to underestimate. There's a saying that no plan ever survives first contact. We may think about these things. We may set the rules, but in the thick of things, you know, we have to think on our feet. We have to be flexible. It's like having a game plan, you know, whether they're playing football, basketball, or some team sport where they say, okay, we're going to do this and we're do this and you do this. But on the field, <laughs> the other team has a plan too. So you have to be flexible. I'll give you an example in my life. I will not fight doing a run-of-the-mill conversation. For example, if I ever get into a conversation talking about the, you know, the left, the right, Republican, Democrat, this, that, and the other thing, I am determined to not fight that one. I'll give an opposing viewpoint if I have to, but generally speaking, I'm not doing that because I'm trying to win an argument per se. It's just we're having a healthy conversation. So that's a situation why I won't fight. But let me tell you a situation why I will fight. I will stand my ground is when I have a doctor try to strong arm me. Now, this has only happened maybe twice, but there was one situation where a doctor wanted me to take this medication. He said, if you don't take this, I can take your license. Now, it wasn't a life-threatening situation, but I didn't like taking this thing because one of the side effects is death. And so I wasn't too keen on taking this thing. But he said, if you don't take this medication, you know I can take your license, right? Oh boy, I'm the wrong person to say that to. I said, oh really? You can take my license. Okay, well if you do that, be prepared for a fight because you better come at me with a stack of academic and medical journal articles from peer-reviewed publications stating that this course of action is the only course of action. Otherwise, get ready for a court battle. 
Now, did I really think he was going to do that? He might have. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't really think he would follow through on that. But if he did, I just wanted to let him know <laughs> that's where I stood on that issue. That wasn't the time for me to back down. I said, no, you're not going to strong arm me into taking this medication because I don't see how it's beneficial to me. I can see if I'm pretty much going to go into a diabetic coma and I need something right this second, that that makes sense to me, but not under those circumstances. So that's number one. I set some ground rules. There's some things I will fight for. There's some things I won't fight for. There's some things I'll just let go. You know, another example of a run of the mill conversation, I was talking to a, a lady and then at some point she says, well, I don't care what you say. You will not convince me of this thing or that thing. And I said, okay. And then I just kept quiet. She said, that's it. I said, yeah, that's it. Basically, she told me that I was wasting my time. If you want to look at it from that perspective. So that's a situation where I don't need to fight. So that's number one, set the ground rules. Number two, understand not everyone is ready to accept what you have to offer when you want them to accept it. Let's say someone found this new diet and all of a sudden it's this greatest, greatest diet and it's going to help you. It's going to give you eternal life or something like that. And they want you to try it. It doesn't even have to be a diet. It can be anything. And they're like a new convert and they're just, they're so excited and there's nothing wrong with that. But understand whether you know someone like that or you're that person, because I, I think we've all done it too, where we figure something out. We want everybody to experience it. Great. But understand, there are a set of circumstances that bring someone to accept something. And just because you accept something doesn't mean everyone is going to evolve at the same time to accept it at the same time you do. That's another situation where I don't try to fight it. If I have a relative who's on the verge of death and I know this diet could help him or help her, I'll try to use some tough love. I said, look, you need to take care of yourself and I'll make a case. But ultimately, I can't fight him on that. It's counterproductive. When you try to force someone or you try to strong arm someone to believe in what you believe, it actually results in them fighting back. Look back at the example when I talked about dealing with a doctor, you know, threatening to take my license is not the way to get me to do what you want me to do. When you're determining whether to fight a situation or to back down from a situation, understand people have different perspectives. That person might actually get on board with you if you give them time. Make a case, let them think it over. They might accept what you have to offer. They might not accept what you have to offer. Somebody said it this way, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Number three, consider that people do the best they can with what they know. I have two examples here. I used to teach workshops in therapeutic writing. And one of the participants came up to me and said, you know, every time I talk to my mother, it turns into a war zone. And, and then, of course, she told me the story. And I said, have you considered that maybe your mother is doing the best she can with what she knows? Now, I am not excusing the mother's behavior by any means. Understand. It's just, OK, she's dealing with the situation. She's not dealing with it well, but she's trying. She might get better. She might not. We don't know. That remains to be seen. By thinking of it that way, she had compassion for her mother. So fast forward some weeks later, she comes back to me and says, you know what? Things between my mother and I have gotten a lot better because I stopped trying to fight her. Now I say fight or flight or fight or flee, but there is a third option. It's called understand. There's a time to fight. There's a time to flee, but then there's a time to understand. Once she started understanding her mother, she didn't really try to fight. She just said, you know, I love you, mom. I don't know what you're dealing with. I want to help you the best way I can. 
If you need me, I'm here, but I have to let you deal with this. And that's all it took. The second example, there was someone who wrote me and she was saying that she was caring for her elderly mother and she has uh, two other siblings. Prior to her mother needing care, the siblings were very close, but she told me once the mother needed round the clock care, something happened and there was a lot of fighting between them. And she's so, she said, my siblings are so toxic now. I don't know what happened. And, and, and we just can't talk. We, we can't stay in the same room. My response was, have you considered that they're dealing with this the best they can based on what they know? Again, not excusing their behavior. Prior to this incident, you're telling me that you all were close and you had a great relationship. And now that your mother needs care, this has happened. Remember, she's their mother too. And they're probably scared. They're probably hurt. It's probably painful for them to watch the, this person that they love so much. Look, I don't know the situation, but I'm just going to go out here on a limb here and say that probably that's how they're dealing with it. They're not doing a good job of dealing with it, but they're dealing with it. Nevertheless, you need to talk to a licensed therapist. You need to talk to a psychiatrist or a psychologist that can help you all through this. But for the time being, understand either way, this is a complicated issue. I said two examples. I do have a third one. This was a student I, I had in my class that was a bit, a bit cantankerous. And she had a tendency to try to challenge me in front of the other students. As a general rule, I'll just say, see me after class and I'll deal with the person one-on-one. But if I can't do that, if they persist, then I'll, I will nip that in the bud. See, I'll say something that they don't expect. They expect me to get angry. They expect me to get defensive and bite their bait, but I refuse. I said, I can't help you. And then she, she'll look at me. What? What does that mean? That means just that I can't help you. And my response is this, whatever's going on in your life, I don't know what's going on, but rather than dealing with it, you are choosing to act out in my class and I will not accept that. And I said, whatever's going on with you, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. And if you want to know who that person is, come see me after class. That's a time when I have to stand my ground. The fourth thing is, is the victory worth it? Is this fight worth it? Is it something I need to battle or is it something I need to let go? This is where you have to stop and take a long look over. If you're on the job and let's say you're being treated unfairly, is there something in writing that you can refer to that describes your situation that might be worth fighting over? I had a student who came to me and said, you know, this person X is bullying me, which academic bullying of course, has serious consequences. And I asked this student, so what are you going to do? Are you going to report this? And this person said, no. I, I said, why not? And this individual said, I want to come back here and work. And I said, okay, there you go. That's a situation that I believe this person should have fought, but I understand. In the United States, we have these whistleblower laws. Supposedly, they're supposed to protect you, as the name implies, if you blow the whistle on an employer. However, let's be honest. There are ways to get around that. If you blow the whistle on someone, you're not supposed to be fired over that. If they want to get rid of you, they will find a way. And so it's not a clear cut situation. I just want to say right now that when I'm giving these scenarios, I know I'm simplifying it, but understand you have to look at this on a case by case basis. If you're talking about a loved one, whether it's a spouse, a parent, a child, a sibling, or a friend, is this fight worth it? I hear therapists talk about how people have destroyed their families. They pretty much fracture their entire family structure because of their incessant need to be right. 
they just have to win the battle at all costs. Going back to that Winston Churchill quote, they will have that mindset that I'll never give up. Never, never, never. Like, is it really worth that fight? So to recap, set the ground rules. What are some things you, you just refuse to fight over? And like I said, I'm not fighting over your standard run-of-the-mill conversations. That's just not going to happen. Uh, number two, not everyone is ready to accept what you have to say or offer. And if that's the case, give them time to think about what you have to say. Number three, sometimes people do the best they can with what they know. And then number four, ask yourself, is this battle really worth fighting? If you are right, beyond a shadow of a doubt, and this other person is wrong, is the need to be right worth the potential damage you can do to your relationship with that other person? All right. So until next time, I wish you peace in the midst of toxic people. Take care. Go to the toxic people detox.com. Find peace in the midst of toxic negativity.